Conley. Fluffed his lines there, Conley. Finucci. Well, Pinkston training through the middle at the moment. Finucci. And he goes, Finucci. Oh, he's done it. Short handed. Carlo Finucci has won it for the Flyers. Short handed. Unbelievable end to the game. Flyers were on a penalty kill and won the game by three goals to two in overtime. Unbelievable scenes here at Five Ice Arena. And it's all down to that man, Finucci. Wins it for the Flyers. Welcome, GOAT fans. This is the big man, and I am back in the GOAT Radio headquarters and in the GOAT Raj, and I am joined by... Uh, I'm joined with Carlo Finucci, former professional hockey player. He's joining me over a video conference here. Finucci, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I wish, uh, I, was, wish I was in the GOAT Raj. That background looks majestic. Oh, uh, man. Having jerseys here to hang up behind me to to fit in but that looks unreal i love being in there absolutely we're gonna get you in here pretty soon and yeah i we keep adding here like especially one of my uh favorite jerseys is up right now rick rippin's jersey it's actually a authentic uh practice jersey it was handed uh after practice to one of our brothers bobich um and you know what a little highlight of this episode it's an important day today um you know, the Vancouver Canucks, they they started a campaign in honor of Rick Rippon in 2013 called Hockey Talks. And uh, it's been a great campaign uh, initiative for mental health awareness. And, you know, I am a very strong advocate uh, for mental health awareness. After my hockey career, I, uh, you know, I got into psychiatric nursing, been a nurse for about six, seven years. And you know what? It surrounds us. It's invisible. But it touches all of us. Um, you know, looking back on all my teams, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% of the team, the players were battling something, either minor or major. So, you know, it's Bell Let's Talk Day today. Let's reach out, get the help you need, please. It's a it's an important day, Finuch. Yeah, definitely. It's uh good we're you know doing this um this uh, Zoom interview or and uh, happens to fall on you know, Ballots Talk Day, and it is a very important initiative. And um, like you said, everyone's going through something uh, minor or or major, and um, it's important for people to talk. And especially uh, guys, kind of in our in our situations, like when we were playing and stuff, it's not easy. It wasn't that uh, that uh, easy to come forward to talk to people about it. There wasn't that much out there. Now there is. And I think it's important for people to use those, uh, those avenues to, to help themselves uh, be better on and off, you know, the field or ice or whatever uh, in the office and whatever they're, they're doing. Well said. And uh, you know, for all the listeners and viewers out there, if, if we can just get one person to, to reach out and get the help they need, you know, in our books, that's a this is this will be a successful episode. Big time, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so Nucci, we want to get into your career a little bit. It was a 
absolute ride. Uh, you're retired now. You had uh, you you played for teams all over North America and Europe, and uh, you know it all started. The jersey I'm wearing, the Burnaby Minor Hockey Association, the home of Burnaby Joe Sakic, the goat to come out of Burnaby, the goat to come out of British Columbia. Well, arguably, you know, there's Scott Niedermeyer in there. Yeah, Burnaby Joe is uh, grew up in Burnaby, so that was kind of always a nickname we had for him. Maybe it wasn't as as known to people outside of you know BC or Canada, but uh, yeah, he's probably the greatest player to come out of this this area. And um, also, I spent a lot of my time at the Burnaby Winter Club as well. Yeah. Um, so I I played for both associations, and um, those were you know some of the funnest times of, of my life. Growing up playing hockey uh, before it got, you know, too serious and uh, and difficult. So it was a lot of fun growing up and playing. Made a lot of good friends and um, at both places. And yeah, uh, it was great to, to be able to, to play on both sides. Yeah. Speaking of good friends, you know, all of us played, uh, you know, for the Burnaby Minor Associations here. We all went to Burnaby Central. We all had our great memories, uh, you know including the the Sardis Street house that the the boys used to go to um where where vacation Steve uh, had a pretty much an open invite to the city of Burnaby in there just completely nuts yeah those uh that was like high school days um there was uh a lot of uh a lot of shoes at the front entrance um <laughs> Yeah. I think some some, uh, some eggs might have made their their way into a few of those uh, at some point, if I remember. But, uh, I remember that, yeah. There was, uh, yeah, that was a good time. That's when I really start to get to know you guys and your family, and yeah, um, we had a lot of fun there, and still are. It kind of reminded me of uh, one of the Goat Boys movies, old school with Frank the Tank. Those kind of <laughs> scenes. Oh yeah. Anyways, was, yeah, yeah, real time. Yeah, you know, back to hockey. So in high school, I think you found out, and I think we all found out, you were pretty damn skilled at hockey. So you started your your junior career, PIJHL, the Pidge, with the legendary Poco Buckaroos. And then, uh, I want to get into this next squad, you cracked an absolute heavyweight roster with the Burnaby Express. That must have been unreal playing in your hometown junior 18 yeah it was it was pretty pretty special I think that summer I went to that um, global global showcase they call it um, it's not really like that special in a sense like people get picked for it it's literally you pay your money you go and play a bunch of uh, scrimmages um, over the weekend and there's supposed to be a bunch of uh, scouts and stuff from different universities or junior A teams or things like that. And luckily one of the games, uh, Rick Lanz was on the bench because they'll have coaches kind of circulating through through the team's benches. Uh, in that weekend, he was on the bench one game and uh, had, a, had a good game, spoke to him after. And that's kind of how I got the ball rolling, started to skate and, and, and train with them uh, later in the summer. Then I got mono. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you looked like a, I don't know what the hell that was. That was freaky. Yeah, I like yeah. turned green and like lost like 15, 20 pounds. It was 
Yeah. Pretty nuts. Um, so I missed training camp, missed the first 10 games. I remember my first skate back. I like puked my guts out. Um, so I missed the first 10 games, didn't even go to camp that year and still got an opportunity. Um, and then with some trades, some guys moving to the WHL and things like that, I was able to, to stick on that team that first year and uh, enjoy a pretty crazy ride. Yeah. Speaking of crazy ride, you got a nice fat ring out of that year. You guys just won it all. Like, like I said, stacked team, one of the best assembled teams I say in the BCHL in history, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at the roster here. You got guys like McNails, Tyler McNeely. We trained with him a few years. Um, that guy was a powerhouse. You had, you had newly acquired Jovan Matic. His sticks in the hall of fame. Yeah. And then like who else you had Brad Hunt even coming in. That guy's a, a vet in the NHL. You had the GOAT coming at a new Westminster. You had Turris. Marks, you had Mark Santarelli. Yeah, Kyle Turris. You had Mark Santarelli. Like I can go on. Like this squad. Keith Seabrook. Yeah. Um, yeah, there we we talk about that till this day, how many guys ended up moving on to whether it was College, pro, NHL, like there's a lot of guys that ended up, you know, playing past junior on that team. And uh, it goes to show just how good that group was. And like you said, assembled because it wasn't like from the beginning, the same team all the way to the end. Uh, there was trades made. There was guys that left for, for WHL that year. There was a um, bunch of moves that happened. And, man, that team was unreal. We just steamrolled our way. Our way through it all. Yeah, you won the BCHL. You won the Doyle. And then yeah, it ended won- up being like 90-something games that we played, I think. Four BCHL rounds, a Doyle Cup round against Fort Mac, against the, which was the Alberta champion, and then uh, five games at the, the RBC Cup. Yeah. I remember some guys lost like 20, 30 pounds. I remember Mark Santarelli. He looked like a bone rack uh, after playing all those games. Um, yeah, that was- we looked weird man like yeah we dyed our hair for for like the start of playoffs by the time we stopped playing like three months later it was like the the ends were blonde and like our you know regular hair color was coming through yeah and then we had like we're eight 16 17 18 20 year olds with like greasy playoff beards like we look probably like homeless people (laughs) um by the time we were we were done so uh, just pale and yeah, it was uh, a crazy run, man. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was nice to shave off the greasy, uh, greasy beard and, and celebrate for a few weeks. I think we, we rode it out for, cause it was by then it was end of May uh, and weather was nice. So we were, you know, going around to backyards and, and soaking it all in. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, you became one of the leaders after the next couple of years. And then you, then you got your, uh, scholarship to the university of Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks. That must've been quite a ride. You, you played in the CCHA big 10 schools, Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state. How was that travel? That must've been fucking nuts. Yeah. Like you said, that, that conference is the old CCHA was basically the big draw of really going, um, to Alaska and uh, and just the hockey program there was first class. So 
being able to to play against those those schools you mentioned and how strong that conference was and the travel was was pretty crazy every other week we were leaving on a Tuesday night red eye from yeah. Fairbanks getting into wherever it was let's say Wednesday afternoon straight to a rink to practice dinner sleep then we had Thursday practice then we play Friday night Saturday night and then fly home Sunday so it was Wow. Pretty, pretty crazy travel schedule. It was nice to get, um, you know, out of Alaska, especially during the winter for, you know, four or five days. And um, even though we were going out to the East Coast, um, which wasn't like warm or anything, but just a uh, little change of pace for us. And we got to do a lot of cool things uh, while we were on the road, like NHL games and uh, touring, you know, baseball stadiums, NFL stadiums, things like that to keep uh, – to make it a little fun and, and during our free time on the road. So yeah. it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. must. Yeah. Lots of great time with the boys. I'm sure on, on the planes. And I got to ask, were you guys handed the midterm exams uh, for the road or what? When did you guys attend? Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we weren't handed the exams. They were you know given to our, our coaching staff yeah. to uh, proctor proctor, any exams that we had to, had to absolutely do while we were on the road. If we didn't, then they would be, you know, proctored. Um, when we were back, back at school, there was we were the only Division One uh, program at the school, so there was a lot of help from from teachers, uh, you know, with letting us leave yeah. for for all that time, and uh, you know, giving us whether it was you know slight extensions or. Um, even fellow students helping us with notes and things like that to, to get us through it all. And um, there was a, we always had a lot of pressure from our coaches to maintain certain grade point averages as individuals and as a team. So uh, if you weren't pulling your weight um, in the classroom, you're definitely, uh, you know, sitting out or missing games or weren't going to go on road trips if, if you were, you know, failing or falling behind. Yeah. So I always ask this question to all my, uh, you know, former professional hockey players who in college, who's the GOAT player you played with or against? And I'm sure there's a long list that are playing in the NHL right now, but who's one guy you remember? Um, for me, playing with was probably my first year. Um, our goalie was Chad Johnson. Um, he had a signed with the Rangers out of, out of college, um, you know, then went and played for, for a few places after that. Um, he was insane when I played with him. Uh, we weren't a very good team, but, but we finished like second in the CCHA and went to the CCHA uh, final five and uh, or final four, sorry. And um, he carried us. I think we got, we got shut out 12 or 14 times that year. Yeah. And we still finished second in the league because if we scored a goal, we're like, we're going to win tonight. It was like, that's all it took because he was so good. Um, yeah. so he's probably the best guy I played with during my time in, in Alaska. And then uh, I would – a guy that just comes to mind would be like Tori Krug maybe. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. He was at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, they weren't very good those those when he was there when I was playing against him, but he would just pick it up behind the net and just wheel. And yeah. like you couldn't 
couldn't stop him. Um, no. But like you said, the amount of guys that um, I played against that are still playing in the NHL, um, it's pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Carl Hagelin was another one uh, from Michigan. He was kind of the guy that was like, man, this guy's the most NHL ready that I, you know, first couple of years would have played against. And he stepped right into the NHL and he's been a, won a Stanley Cup. He's been a mainstay yeah. um, throughout his NHL career. Yeah. Yeah. I got a taste of Krug when I was out there. Oh, just flew by me. Yeah. You just, got, it was not this wheel. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. So, Awesome uh, NCAA, NCAA career. And you know what? When you were done, you graduated and you wanted to continue the game you loved. You continue to live the dream. And you know what? You did it in one of the GOAT cities in all of the Americas and might be globally. Las Vegas, the Wranglers. Man, I got to ask you this. Honestly, I was thinking about this. How did you guys make it to practice through your games? There must have been a situation where you're like, holy shit, I cannot attend the practice. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, yeah, like, first... let me just, how, how, how didn't you just, you know, you go out to breakfast with the boys, you know, you, you see a slot machine, you put five bucks in and then you see, oh, it's another beautiful day. You see a nice bartender in a nice little bikini. Um, you go outside, you hear the, you hear the boom boxes, the music. Next thing you know, you got Tadu, our boy, inviting you to Wet Republic. You head in there. Next thing you know, you got drinks down your throat, and then you got Steve Aoki throwing a cake in your face, and then you got practice in a couple hours or a game. How did how how do you play in Vegas? Luckily, the pool parties were not going from like the time I would get there in October till they open up in March. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, it's, uh, we practiced in the morning. So if you got a late night, I'm sure that's why there was guys calling yeah. in sick, calling oh, in sick or, you know, saying something's bothering them, um, with an injury or something. But no, uh, it was like, like you mentioned that that city is, definitely global goat status. I think yeah. you could go into many parts of the world and people would know what, you know, where and what Las Vegas is. Absolutely. Uh, world renowned. It was unbelievable to play there for, for two seasons. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of shows, concerts, uh, nights out. You definitely have to pick your spots cause you're not making uh, NHL, millions of dollars money living in Vegas. So you have your connections, you have your hookups, but you can't be doing it all the time because uh, you won't be saving any kind of money doing it. So yeah, we picked our spots, we use our connections and uh, <laughs> still have those connections to these day to this day. Like you mentioned, Tattoo, I do. Tattoo Robbie, uh, big shout out to him. He's mm -hmm. uh, become all our connection now to a lot of, a lot of people from Burnaby and the lower mainland. And now he's big time, big time with the, the NHL clients and celebs that he deals with now. So it was uh, good to meet him and a lot of people down there through my time, a couple of years there. And I still have people I, I, I'm in touch with. And when I go down there, 
um, hang out with or get together with. Yeah. Awesome. And I, and you, you head there often, right? You go, uh, when's the next time you're going to head down there? Um, I'm not sure I was down there in November, yeah. uh, for, uh, NJ dubs wedding. Joseph white, my boy, yeah. he's in the goat Raj, former chief. Um, he's yeah. I went down there, caught a Raiders game. Uh, when saw Calvin Harris at excess, um, Oof. there's always something love going down there. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of our head down there for one of our, uh, goat co-hosts. Uh, Roach is a uh, 10 year anniversary is coming up. So maybe there's something ruined there. That will be unreal. We're all going to head down there. We're, we're planning on doing a pod at Web Republic. That would be <laughs> epic. We're going to need Tadu's help there. Yeah. He'll, he'll help us. All right. So um, you weren't done there, Nucci. You continue to live the dream, uh, play the game you love. Like King James says, you took your talents to Europe. You played in places like Denmark, Scotland, England, uh, the UK, Romania, Italy. Like you had a lot of stomping grounds. I got some a few nicknames that uh, that I heard. The King of Fief is it Fief or Fife? Fife. Okay, the King of Fife or the Fife King, the Baron of Brasov, the Count of Cortina. The Vegas Voyager, oh, that's from Vegas. The Sultan of Swindon, Carlo <laughs> Finucci. Yeah, there's uh, those are some good ones. The King of Fife is uh, I like that one because Fife is like the area, so like yeah, uh, the Lower Mainland, let's say, or like um, the interior, and then like it's called the Kingdom of Fife. Oh, so works it, well. it needs a king. So that one works really well. I and, like that one. and I was there four years. So yeah, and you had a uh, you had a a great connection with the with the Fife fans, and I remember this. Oh, Carlo Fenucci. Oh, Carlo, I remember you sending us that uh, those clips, man. Oh, we're gonna put those up on YouTube. That must have felt good on the ice when you when you heard that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it came on pretty quick. Usually, they the fans will come up with kind of tunes that a, a guy's name would go with, and they that becomes like your goal song. Um, so yeah. after I would score, come off on you know, come sit on the bench, and then the the music will go doom, 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 and then like everyone would start chanting. So I always like to get a line change. Uh, after I would score so that I could uh, soak that in when I'm on the bench and not skating around the ice still. So that was uh, really cool and got to experience that for four years, scored a bunch of goals. So I got to hear it a lot and um, it was something I'll never forget. And I'm glad there's some video evidence of it um, so that I could, you know, show it to, to friends and family. Oh, I love it. No. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, Another thing, you were in like a really famous game show that we also have a clip of, Unreal. It's like a legit game show. And you actually did really well. You broke the the goal of the, I don't know what what the details were, but it looked really cool. We're going to put that up too. Yeah, it was my first year in Fife. One of our uh, like PR lady 
put an email out to the whole team and like does anyone want to be on a, a game show which would have been on their like ctv or like uh channel basically in england or in the uk yeah I, itv it's called and there was no details of what it would be and i think i was the only one that replied to the email that was like yeah i'm down for it and then i had a skype call with a lady from the tv station gave me an idea of what the the show would be about and it would use my hockey skill i guess to try and uh beat this guy that had done it before um and it was try and beat him but also set a certain beat a certain amount of pucks through the through the target yeah. to win a thousand pounds so oh that's um, awesome yeah they came up i had to send them videos that i could actually like hit targets with shooting pucks and then they sent a crew up to fife and they videoed me around the rink uh at practice before practice so all the guys were laughing at me because i went out before practice doing all this silly stuff and uh yeah got down there flew me down to london to the studios and did the did the show and it was pretty nerve, but it was i just wanted to win not even because of the money but because i didn't want to get chirped all year from from the guys that uh that i wasn't able to do it and yeah. i couldn't say anything after because it was going to be live on on tv but not right away so um i couldn't say anything that i'd wanted or or anything for for a while yeah yeah that's awesome i want the viewers to see that for sure all right uh honestly nucci we have about uh you know six seven minutes left i i applaud your career awesome career congrats and now you're a member of the goat radio family we're just getting started my brother yeah it was a lot of fun did it till i was 35 finished off in italy so it was a nice Nice way to cap it all off in the motherland, and uh, now I'm back home. It's nice to to start this with you guys and be yeah. a part of it. Uh, it keeps me keeps me in the sports world, along with my you know coaching and stuff that I do around the rinks with the little guys. Yeah, you're and, giving uh, back. I love it. You're giving back big time. Yeah, it's nice. I kind of always did a little bit in the off seasons, but now I'm kind of doing it full time, and and then talking about. Uh, the goats of goats in the goat Raj, the garage Mahal. And yeah. I look forward to many more episodes and uh, many more laughs with the boys. Yeah, for sure. All right, brother. Um, we're going to get into wicked part of the, the show, global goat fire, about a minute on each question. Okay. Um, All right. We got here from Michael Lichtai. Michael Lichtai is actually a, my former roommate at Michigan tech. Um, I love this guy and he's actually a member of the USA national bandy team, you know, bandy. Oh yeah. And I want him to tell us more about it. It's like a, they play on a big ice sheet with, uh, these sticks, little different sticks, and he could be the goat coming out of the American team. So I want him on the pod. He'll be on the pod very soon. But anyways, he asks us. Which NHL player has the goat style on the ice? Has or had? Whichever. Um, with has, I would go or had probably better off. Ooh, he had some yeah. uh, nutty style, tongues out, white skates, all that Nike gear. Um, and then obviously 
Bury, I think, was kind of ahead of the game with with style as well. The the Omega Omega skates and the the taped ankles and just the gear was all like like he taped his shin pads and like everything was tight on him. His gloves, like his visor and helmet, like with the flow. I think he was he probably he, had some the he best style nasty. at that time. Speaking of Fedorov. Wow. Nutty artifact. Fedorov worn skate. This is what, this is a part of his style right here. That's for the viewers right there to see. That's part of the Goat Raj. We have some nutty, nutty artifacts in here. Um, Sergey Fedorov. I agree with you, Nucci. That's all I got to say. I got this for you from Mark D. The Goat City with the best beer. I would have to give that to a city I recently got to visit last year, being in northern Italy. It was only about three, four hours away. Was Munchen, Munich? Yeah, I agree. The Germans do their beer right. Um, so, being I think in that area, northern Italy, also they have the German, you know, Austrian influence with the beer. I had some great beers there, um, but yeah, I would have to go with Munich. Um, they pour their beer right with a good amount of, you know, foam or head as they call it. Um, and you, uh, it was, the beers are about the size of that skate you were just holding. Yeah. Just, uh, they do it right there. They're, they're known for their beer and, and they're, that's, that's probably my goat, goat city or country for beer. Thank you, Mark D with that question. Uh, next question. Do you prefer, the original one versus eight playoff system or the two divisional wildcard format from M Dregs? I love this question. Yeah, I think I prefer the old one through eight. Um, there's just uh, sometimes divisions are lopsided. You'll have teams in a wildcard hunt that have more points than the top three division uh, than, than the teams on the other side of the division on the other division right yeah so it kind of like you're only as you only have to be as good as your division is basically or good in your, your division then you're you know you're fine to get one of those three spots or battling for that wild card in your division or with the other teams but so you I like the new the system one, no i like the old the one through eight like oh okay conference eastern western conference who's the best who's the eighth best and the rest of them are, you know, yeah. battling for that, those last spots, not where, like I was saying, you you top three on one side um, could be weak on one division. And then in the other division, the teams in the wild cards, you know, battling for wild card spots have more points than those three teams that are guaranteed a spot because they're at the head of their division. I think it's shouldn't be division based like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah divisions in terms of scheduling and having to play you know, most of your games, let's say around divisional opponents, but I think the old format was well nothing said, brother. Was, nothing was wrong with it. I think it was yeah. more about travel. Yeah. Uh, so teams wouldn't have to travel as much and be able to play interdivisional games. But yeah. And I kind of like the Cinderella stories, most notably the 94 Canucks going to the finals. They didn't win it, but one versus eight. I like that. Um, Nucci, pleasure, my brother. I'm going to have you back in the Goat Garage very soon for some heated debates. Um, 
I just want to say again, Bell Let's Talk Day. Please reach out, get some help. Um, Nucci, thank you, brother. Absolute pleasure. Uh, glad to be the first uh, interview for for the, the YouTube channel and, and the yep. Go Radio podcast. And I look forward to the interviews that you know you and, and the rest of us will be getting out there um, as we start to grow our grow our listeners and followers and um, it's going to be a lot of fun to get some more uh, athletes and other people uh, in here to interview them get their input on their goats uh, of goats and I look forward to it all and thank you again for having me on here I look forward to being back in the goat Raj and we've got a lot of stuff to cover I love it yeah there's uh, lots of sports right now they're just going to finish up the the Aussie Open, you got Djokovic still in the mix. There's four guys left. You got the NFL uh, playoffs, um, you know, Burroughs, Mahomes, who's going to take it. Um, you got a UFC fight coming in the next couple of weeks. Lots going on, lots of content for the pod. Nucci, thanks again. And we're going to finish off with the King of Fife doing the Carlo Fenucci chant from the loyal fans of the EIHL. Take it away. This is Goat Radio.